Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. Welcome. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll hear from the angry Mac bastard himself, Peter Cohen, all about Mac OS X Lion, also on the same topic. Because Lion was first introduced this week is none other than Adam Inkst of Tidbits and Take Control Books. And for a look at the tech industry, Ross Rubin of the NPD Group, all on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> we are joined by the one, the only, the angry Mac bastard himself, Peter Cohen. I'm starting to think I'm sounding like Steve Allen here <laughs> in the way I'm doing this. Does anybody remember Steve Allen? I've heard my great-grandparents tell me a story about Steve Allen. Oh, if you can get a DVD of Steve Allen in action. Well, first of all, you'll see a lot of the stuff that Johnny Carson stole and that other comedians took because he pretty much invented the so-called Tonight Show format. Whenever you see the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, whenever you saw Johnny Carson, you remember Steve Allen because they all took his shtick. You also discovered a lot of people who became famous, but we'll go into that some other time. We're not here to talk about Steve Allen. I put it to you, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to talk about Mac OS X Lion, the good, the bad. Excuse me, Gene, it's, it's OS X Lion. The Mac has been dropped, if you take a look at Apple's marketing literature. No more Mac? Yeah, it's just OS X Lion. It's really kind of interesting. That is interesting. That is curious. I'm so used to the muscle memory. It's like Command S. You say, gee, maybe I don't have to use Command S because it has autosave. Wait a minute, folks. What about the apps that don't support autosave? C- Command S, Gene. Don't you mean Apple S? <laughs> well, as you wish. But yeah, you're right. I guess that ship has sailed. Yeah, it's no longer Mac OS X. It's OS X. That ship has also sailed. I'm seeing it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think we're actually seeing Apple kind of deprecate the, the Mac logo a little bit when it comes to uh, operating system. It's really kind of interesting. So I'm not going to call a Mac a Mac anymore? Well, you know, call I mean, it a Fred. I think if if you if you um, listen to um, or a Bob. Wait a minute. Let's call it the no. I think oh, someone did that. Oh, that's already. been done before. That'd be bad. I think if you listen to popular um, uh, punditry on the interwebs, some people are of the opinion that Apple, you know, is that we're heading towards a singularity, if you will. That that Apple and is going to merge the Mac and, and iOS at some point or another, and it's just not going to matter anymore what kind of device you use. You know, it's all going to be about the user experience. Well, I think there's got to be changes no matter what because you have totally different types of hardware. But the other issue is already iOS and OS X are cut from basically the same cloth. They certainly are, yeah. There's a lot of similarity between those two operating systems, and I imagine that we'll continue to see that line sort of divide, I mean, uh, disappear with future operating system releases. I don't think it'll happen today. I mean, clearly, Lion is still very much a Mac operating system. I don't even think it'll happen with the next one. But yeah, at some point in the future, we're definitely heading in the direction where it's not going to matter what kind of device you have. It's all going to be a singular user experience. The singularity of Apple. I'll tell you, I, if you look at what's... It makes me a little nervous, too. I, I don't necessarily yeah. like the, the sound of that. It, 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 I, I shudder to think of, of what our future is going to be like at that point. Well, you know, things change. They do, but, I mean, some things, you know, like I like having a file system manager. You know, I like being able to kind of, you know, look at, at the look under the hood of the system I'm using and, and see where my files go and so on. You can't do that with iOS. And they're starting to hide some of this stuff over in OS X in line. I'll give you an example of that. Now, you all know, ladies and gentlemen, that there is a folder called library in your users directory, right? Users, 
your name, library. Well, if you look at your hard drive under Lion, you'll see a library folder on what we call the main part of the drive. But that second personal library folder is invisible unless you do one of two things. One, there's some kind of terminal command, which I'm not going to mention. Or you hold down the option key, go to the finder, choose go, and you'll see library there. And why does Apple want to do that? They don't want you messing with system preferences and other things in there and screwing things up. But if that's the case, what about the library on the top level of the drive? Hmm. Isn't that strange? Peculiar. I bet you didn't notice that. I did not, actually, because I'm, I'm actually kind of a lion virgin. I just upgraded virgins and lions. <laughs> it's like the old Roman days. I'm actually just starting with lion. I haven't played with the betas at all. I installed lion on my first computer, so I'm very new to lion. So I'm looking to you for, for sage wisdom. Now, I'm going to look at something here now. Now, understand lion in the U.S. is $29.99. It's roughly a three and a half gigabyte download from Apple. But, of course, there are problems. And the problems could be, well, maybe you don't have high-speed Internet. About 25% of the people in this country do not have high-speed Internet. In some cases, well, it's because they don't have, you know, that available in their city. In other cases, it may be because, well, it's available, but they see no need for it. Regardless, getting a file that size can take some time. What Apple will do if you go to an Apple store they will let you download it there. You bring your Mac portable. You've got to have a portable, obviously. Go to their Wi-Fi network, connect to it, and you can get the file. Go to a coffee shop, okay? Maybe there's a Starbucks or something or a McDonald's. You get yourself your free Wi-Fi, you can get it. If you don't, what do you do? Apple has one answer. It's twenty nine ninety nine U.S. for Lion. If you want it on a USB drive, a USB flash drive, they add $40. It's $69. Now, I'm looking over here at Best Buy, and I see a 4-gigabyte USB drive is what, $12, $15? Well, here's another one here. It's $8.99. Well, I mean, $8.99. So Apple should charge $39.99. Why are they charging that extra $30? Because they're Apple, and they can do stuff like that. Well, we know they can do stuff, but is it fair? Uh, fair, I mean, whatever. It's what what Apple thinks the market will bear. I guess we'll see, huh? Time will tell. Well, they don't want to push it that way. Also, it's moved off to August, maybe because it takes time to press these USB drives to image them. Or maybe Apple is waiting for 10.7.1. Fix the well, early I, bugs, you know, get it out then. Okay, I'll, I'll bite, Gene. I think, I think that the long and short of it is that Apple is... I don't want to say Apple is taking a punitive stance with this, but but Apple is really encouraging users to to to, to download this uh, rather than than buy it physically if they possibly can. And you know, by 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 pricing it so distinctly differently uh, for the the USB thumb drive compared to the um, uh, the download, Apple is sending a very clear message. Listen, we're not going to make it convenient for you. Uh, you know, Apple sees the majority of its user base. Um, as either having high-speed access or being near an Apple store. So uh, the, the truth of what you say notwithstanding, you know, that many people in the U.S. don't have, don't want, don't need uh, high-speed Internet access, you know, Apple is saying, hey, listen, you know, we, we think that we've got a pretty good handle on who our customers are. And um, they either high, have high-speed Internet access at home or 
um, they can come into an Apple store because they're they're relatively close to one, and they can download it while they're here. And and, and as you know, I said, maybe there's a Wi-Fi hotspot somewhere. Right, or there's a Wi-Fi hotspot that's not going to encumber them too badly uh, to download something of that size. But, you know, I think the, the absence of ubiquitous high-speed Internet access is probably a good topic for another show entirely. And that's really kind of an indictment of how poor um, information infrastructure is in the United States as opposed to anything that Apple is responsible for directly. Now, the other thing here is this curious new feature that Lion has, which is – a recovery disk, a recovery partition that's placed on your hard drive, small partition, less than a gigabyte. And if you have a problem, your Mac doesn't restart, you're getting some kind of issue, you want to reinstall Lion, you don't have to find the copy because basically it deletes the copy after it installs it. Isn't that crazy? It deletes the copy of Lion that you bought. Unless you can you, download it again. You can download it again. Of course, that's the same problem all over again. Or you drag that or make a copy in another folder so it doesn't find it. So, but hey, listen, I don't mind. I mean, I mean, you know, my my uh, my Mac uh, my my um, uh, MacBook Air is has scant hard drive space. You know, it's only got 128 gigs of hard drive space, only about 90 of which is still available. So we'll get into that in a moment. <laughs> so I mean, Peter Cohen but, but, of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show and the Loop at LoopInsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Here are two things IT professionals and their clients have in common. They want the job done right. They want it done fast. That's why I highly recommend go to Assist Express by Citrix to anyone in IT. It puts clients at ease with its simple and secure remote support and puts you in a position to do what you do best, access, diagnose, and resolve. Try Go to Assist Express free for 30 days. Visit gotoassist.com slash podcast to see how you can deliver live tech support to anyone. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Again, the Congressional Budget Office sounds the alarm, this time warns of Greek-style U.S. debt crises. You heard me right. The GAO is drawing a parallel between the U.S. economy, its debt, and the current Greek economic meltdown. With the debt-to-GDP chart climbing into unfamiliar territory, the growing budget deficit will rise to unsupportable levels. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. The Federal Debt and Risk of Financial Crises document the CBO has published is a must-read for every American, covering the risk of continued deficit spending coupled with an aging population and the rising interest rates spell economic disaster. It's imperative that you get a copy of this document and study it for yourself. Call me today at 800-686-2237, and I'll send you a free copy. Again, call 800-686-2237 and ask for your copy of the CBO document. Once again, you need to read this government report. Call 800-686-2237. Are you tired of spending money for metal canning lids year after year? Then stop! Stop! 
Stop buying metal lids and get Tatler reusable canning lids. Made of USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, Tatler canning lids let you safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways that contain BPA. But Tatler canning lids are indefinitely reusable and guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning and contain no BPA. Tatler lids are dishwasher safe, perfect for standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars, and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders by phone at 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's 1-877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com. Tatler Reusable Canning Lids, the original since 1976. Ready to save? Then you're ready for the Super Summer Sale at Herbal Healer Academy. Herbal Healer has been the leader in quality natural supplements for 23 years. Log on to HerbalHealer.com and take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on 500 parts per million colloidal silver. The best pharmaceutical grade available at all sizes on sale. Super Male Plex with Uhimbi and Super Femplex for summer toning. Buy Glucosamine Chondroitin 60 caps, summer sale priced at only $12. Colon Enhancer 250 caps, summer sale priced at just $18. And if your brain's a little foggy, we have a great supplement on sale called Memory Power. Log on and hit the postcard specials link for more super summer savings at HerbalHealer.com. As always, new customers get a free catalog with first order. Herbal Healer Academy, healing the world with nature one person at a time. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightall.com. That's news at technightall.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightall.com. Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightall.com. We're back with Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show and the Loop at LoopInsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. So you have a MacBook Air with 128 gigabytes of storage, not the cheapest one. It's one step up. Yeah, exactly. It's the 2-gig version, but it's it's. I opted for a little bit more storage. I actually saved a lot of money buying it refurbished through the online Apple store. And for anybody who's interested in saving money on Apple Kit, wanting to buy something just as good as new, I strongly recommend it. I've bought like two or three things refurbished through, through the online Apple store that way. Saved myself a ton of money over the years. Same warranty, can get Apple Care coverage, I, the whole nine yards. All you're doing is is not paying showroom prices for something that's that's at showroom quality as far as I'm concerned. But anyway. It's not like uh, the car that you drive off the showroom and suddenly you pay $5,000 for the experience of driving 10 feet. The fact that Apple wants to make things online so look what they did this week. Of course, the MacBook Air, we understand. Predictably, it's a natural upgrade of the previous product, faster processor, Thunderbolt support, you know, all the nine yards. Then they upgrade the Mac Mini. They make it $100 cheaper than the previous version. The previous cheapest version was $699. It's $599 now. Wait, it's missing something. There is no internal optical drive. Gone history kaput. 
That's exactly right. Yeah, it's an interesting omission, isn't it? Apple is really sending a strong message to people saying, listen, you know, if you want an optical drive, CD and DVD sharing is is built into this device. You can you can use an optical drive on another computer that's on your network, or you can purchase an external super drive that connects to this device through USB 2.0 for $79. There are third-party options as well, but we're not going to make it easy for you to stick a DVD in, a, in, in this thing, and we don't think that you need to be able to burn DVDs. And realistically speaking, I think they're right. I, my, the DVD drives, the super drives on my Macs get very little use. I expect that I'm probably in the mainstream here. You know, I barely know if they work anymore. As a matter of fact, when I got the Adobe Creative Suite 5.5 Master Collection, I downloaded the file, took the Adobe serial number, and that's it. It's activated. It's the same thing as spending all this time installing it from the collection of DVDs where you've got like six or seven DVDs and it takes forever. It's actually, after the initial download, quicker to get it online. But the thing I was going to mention before, we have the recovery Partition. You have a problem, want to check your drive, you restart, hold down the option key, and you will see the recovery. Partition. You'll see your regular Mac startup drive, any other drives you have connected to your Mac, and you'll see the recovery. You click on recovery, it starts there, and it's kind of like what it used to be if you boot from a Mac OS X installer CD. You get this minimal operating system where you can install the OS or run disk utility. You check your drive, everything's okay. You can reinstall Lion from there, but the partition doesn't include Lion. What happens is then it downloads your copy. First, you enter your Apple user ID. Then it confirms you're allowed to do that. And then it goes online to get your copy. Now, with my regular desktop Mac, I tried this, by the way. So basically, I've installed Lion twice on my Macs. I did the reinstall. On my regular Mac, no problem. It took... I don't know, 20 minutes, half hour to download because Apple servers were swamped. I then went to my MacBook, and before it would do anything, it demanded that I log into the Wi-Fi network because it's not connected by wire to an Ethernet connection. It had to do that first before it would retrieve Lion. Okay, it's not grabbing it from your drive. It's grabbing it online. If you don't have the online connection, well, what do you do? You can copy it you know, to a USB device, or you could, I, I guess, even hypothetically burn it to DVD if you wanted to. Nothing stopping you from doing that. No, not at all. Curious. But the one thing about it is by going online and doing this reinstallation, it gets the latest version. That's true. But you know what irritates me about it, Gene? I I am a Comcast customer. We've talked about this on previous shows. Comcast employs a 250 gigabyte ceiling for residential customers. And, you know, if, if you go over that every so often, it's all right. If you consistently go over 250 gigabytes of, of download bandwidth every month, Comcast will shut you off. They will shut you down, and they won't reconnect you until you talk to them. And then they'll only give you – it's a one-strike system. They'll only give you one chance not to do it again. If you do it again, they'll shut you down. They'll shut you down for a year, and you're screwed completely. They Apple, don't offer more bandwidth if you need it? They don't, no. You can't you would just have call to, them up and say, look, I'm at 240 and I'm got I'm willing to pay for an extra 250 this month. No, you can't do that, as a matter of fact. The only metered bandwidth system that they offer is for commercial customers who they charge more to begin with. But here's the kicker. If you trip that circuit and they shut you off and they just say no mas, no, you've already you know been done once and say, okay, well, listen, I, obviously I need a commercial account because uh, I'm going over that. No, you're still blacklisted for a year. It's, it's a lousy thing to do. Do they I, I give wanna... you some way of 
checking your bandwidth usage or is it too late? Not proactively. You can check it in your user account information on Comcast.net. If you actually go and fire it up, you can see how much bandwidth you've, you've used that much. Because well, you don't want to stream from Netflix thing, that's part of your bandwidth. This is the thing, Gene, uh, and, and this is what annoys me. Hell, even if you're uploading, you get dinged for bandwidth. And if you're uploading to Comcast servers, because Comcast gives you like you know X gigabytes of online storage capacity, if you're using their storage, so you're keeping it in the family, if you will, you're not going outside Comcast gateway, it still dings you. If you watch stuff on, on your iPad using the Xfinity uh, app from Comcast, that's bandwidth that counts against it. So they really nickel and dime you here. But, but here's the kicker, or the, the point that I'm getting to that frustrates me so much is that Apple doesn't really think about this. Stuff about you know information infrastructure and Comcast business practices aside, Apple is really hoggish when it comes to bandwidth stuff. So you know if I want to install Lion on all five of my Macs, there's nothing preventing me from going around and 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 firing up the Mac App Store, and nothing uh, in in the the uh, uh, the terms of service that prevent me from doing this either. In fact, Apple encourages this. You know, Apple all those basically machines, doesn't pay attention to that. They don't to, care. to it, right? There's no serial number or anything. You know, right. Apple says fine. You want to download it on any machine that's authorized to access the Mac App Store through your account? You can do that. So it's a four gigabyte download for each of those machines. So let's see, five machines, twenty gigs. So instead of conserving my bandwidth, instead of actually downloading it, copying it to, or and then just easily replicating it from machine to machine, Apple's encouraging me to download it off the internet five times. So instead of downloading four gigs, unless I have the presence of mind to back it up onto media or copy it uh, from one machine to another before the installation deletes itself, I end up wasting 20 gigs of my monthly bandwidth allocation from Comcast to download it instead of just four. And this is something that I have been pissed off about with the App Store for a very long time because it works this way uh, for iOS devices too. If I want to update every iOS device that gets used in my house, well, I have an iPhone. My wife has an iPhone. Uh, we both have iPads as well. Uh, my, my two sons have iPads. Uh, my daughter uses an iPod Touch. Uh, and we all run similar applications. So if I want to update the stuff on my machine, I can download um, those updates without any problem. But rather than copying those updates locally from my machine to theirs, I have to go out to the Internet again and download that crap on each of the individual computers that these iOS devices are synced to. I'll get into more of these problems, the download problem, the download conundrum, especially if you're a Comcast customer. Peter Cohen joining us. This is the Tech Night Owl Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, 
rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver, that's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338, utopiasilver.com, taking back America's health care one American at a time. Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. Combine our Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. Spring and summer bring out the best of nature, but blooming flowers, grass, and weeds emit pollen everywhere. Spring cleaning, molds, funguses, and pollens can cause severe allergic reactions. It's time to fight back. Get a blast of nature's most powerful natural remedy with Oreganol P73, the most powerful oil of oregano available anywhere. Oreganol P73 is an extract of hand-picked wild oregano grown in mineral-rich soils found only in the mountains of the Mediterranean. Experience this powerful and effective spice you can't find anywhere else. It is so effective. Even the ancient Greeks used oregano for their health. And it's not just a mere spice. Oregano P73 is also available as gel caps and as a sea salt-based nasal spray. Use Oregano P73 and stay healthy all summer long. Order today by calling 877-817-9829. 877-817-9829. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightall.com. That's news at technightall.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com Peter Cohen. And you know now why he does a show called The Angry Mac Bastards. He also writes for The Loop at loopinside.com. So the conundrum here is that 
you could end up using up all that bandwidth just with Apple, especially if you're constrained as you are with Comcast. Is that nationwide with all Comcast customers or just in certain parts of the country? As far as I know, it's a nationwide policy. And I don't want to pick just on Comcast here because I know that other Internet service providers um, offer some kind of residential bandwidth cap as well. But And, you know, I, I, I'm only speaking to uh, – as, as a Comcast customer who – you know, is 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 cognizant of what's going on here. And you know what's interesting here too? We talk about Apple. Let's look at Apple. Apple is larger in terms of market cap than all the internet providers combined. Apple could pick up the phone. Steve Jobs, Tim Cook, especially Tim Cook, because he's one hard nosed businessman. Tim Cook picks up the phone, calls the president of Comcast, Cox, Time Warner Cable, whatever. He called them what? He calls them up and said, Hey guys, you're <laughs> You're biting your nose here. Loosen the bandwidth here. Okay? Encourage people that way to upgrade to higher tier services. You know, if you have a higher tier service, you're getting 10 megabytes a second. If you go to 20 or 30 and you like to download high definition movies, we'll give you more bandwidth. You just have to pay for it. Well, you know, in Comcast's defense, they say that the vast majority of their customers, well above 90% of their customers, never meet or exceed their bandwidth cap. So it's only select few uh, that ever get near that mark. I happen to have scraped that ceiling a few times because um, of my job, because I work from home and I you know, do podcasts and other very media-intensive activities. And while I don't host this, this, the stuff myself, I'm certainly putting a lot of data on the Internet and downloading a lot of stuff as well. What's worse, too, Peter, is the fact that if you want a business plan, it's going to be two or three times the price. Yeah, if you want a business plan, it's going to be significantly more money. So, hey, listen, I mean, you know, we live in a free market uh, economy, uh, or, or so I'm, I'm reminded by, um, uh, by politicians all the time. And I understand that if I want more service, uh, it's my obligation as an American to pay for it. I shouldn't expect a free lunch, uh, you know, every time I stick out my hand. So I'm not asking for anything for free. I'm just looking for equity here. And, you know, it, it just seems crazy that, you know, I shouldn't just be able to pay a little bit more for a little bit more stuff I, rather than, you know, having to get moved into a different tier of service. But, you know, hey, listen, it is what it is. Oh, well. Oh, well. And let's look at some of the other developments that happened this week. Yeah, so we've got the Mac. We've talked about the Mac Mini. We've talked about Lion. Apple had two other major product announcements. But before well. we mention that, Apple also this week discontinued all of the boxed software. All gone. I'm looking right now. Well, not all of it. I, I still see Logic Studio is still part of the list, or the older versions, maybe a Final Cut Pro if you find it. But, you know, Apple Remote Desktop, Aperture, Jam Pack, iLife, iWork, most of their box products are now end of life. You want these products? You go online. Even Adobe is getting into the act. Adobe has now released a version of Photoshop Elements, slightly feature-reduced online adobe photoshop elements it's going to happen everyone is being forced <laughs> to go online if they want decent sales they're going to have to go to the mac app store they're going to have to fix their apps i don't necessarily see that they have to go to the mac app store um but look i mean ultimately they're going to have to from the days of shareware gene um the, the, the Apple ecosystem has disproportionately relied on electronic distribution 
um, as as a way of of getting content to customers uh, from developers to customers, and that's you know for a very long time because there wasn't a very good way um, of of getting uh, uh, Mac uh, related products um, to. Uh, consumers in retail. I mean, you know, Best Buy sold Macs for a while. They still do. Um, you know, so back in the back in the heyday of CompUSA and Circuit City, that was an option. Those distribution systems have changed, and now the Apple Store, the Apple Retail Store, and independent Apple resellers um, are really the the major way that I think a lot of consumers today um, get their hands on Apple technology. But Apple stores. Um, do not emphasize the sale of boxed software and have not for a very long time. Apple's margins aren't great on them. Um, and, it, you know, it, it, the the volume of, of product that's being sold through that, that mechanism isn't terrific either. People who are on the Mac App Store um, are using it um, quite well. In some cases, it's completely revolutionized their business. In other cases, it's just been additive. You know, it's been incremental uh, to the amount of revenue that they're seeing. But in in all cases, it's been positive. And Apple except is, there's an exception. There's some apps that can't go in there, and that's just what I'm getting to, Gene. You know, apps that um, do uh, stuff to the operating system that Apple does not want it to. Um, are excluded from the store, and for those, you know, the, the, those those customers or those developers uh, remain outside the sandbox for now. Um, so, you know, it's it's again the Mac App Store is not replacing any other electronic distribution systems for getting uh, people software. It's it's additive. I mean, if you take a look at the game software, which is very popular. On the Mac App Store, much of that game software is available outside the Mac App Store as well through uh, distribution systems like Gamersgate or Direct uh, Direct to Drive or um, uh, Steam. You know, so a lot of these titles have have been available um, outside the Mac App Store for quite some time. The developers are just using the Mac App Store as an additional way of getting their titles um, uh, to to users who want them. But, but soon I, I, it's going to change. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I steadfastly refuse to accept that um, that uh, the Mac App Store is is at some point or another going to be the only way of getting your apps um, to to end users. I think that's silly. No, I don't expect that. But I think by source of numbers, especially for newer Mac users, you know, Apple is selling what four million new Macs. Every quarter, going to go up. Maybe it's going to be four and a half, five million by next year. Although there is some cannibalization now towards the iPad, but regardless, these people will be new to the Mac, about half of them, which is kind of what's always happened here. Those people will look for apps and they'll see an app store and they'll buy their apps from the app store, and fewer and fewer people will buy them from traditional dealers. Who cares? You know, as long as they're buying software. Yes, but we're talking about where the market's going to go. If you have a new app coming out, you're going to want to make it available in the App Store no matter what. You're going to make whatever sacrifices you have to. You can bet that ultimately there's going to be a version of Microsoft Office and the Adobe Creative Suite. Somehow the installer is done in such a way they work within the confines of the Mac App Store. Got to have to happen. Yeah, I, I, I have little doubt that what you're saying is right. And I mean, that's the reason why that Adobe's Creative Suite products 
haven't shown up in the App Store yet, right? You know, because Adobe insists on dumping a lot of crap outside of the application space. Oh, it's uh, in order to it's get their absolutely app toxic. An Adobe installation is toxic. And frankly speaking, it's one of the few apps out there you have to run an uninstaller to get rid of all that crap. Okay? But it's even worse because what's going to happen here is say you install the new version of Adobe's Creative Suite. You run the uninstaller for the previous version. Unfortunately, it's going to grab stuff from the newer version, which you have to reinstall again. It's a complete mess over there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so Adobe's got to get their uh, the collective act together if they ever want to get their stuff in the Mac App Store, and I think it's inevitable that they're going to. They have no choice. They have to do it. And even in the area of things like Flash, where Adobe and Apple have been at loggerheads, look what's happened. There are over 220 million devices out there, iOS devices that will not, never will support Adobe Flash. We have Peter Cohen. He's going to be here forever because he's one of the angry Mac bastards. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as $2.99. And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com. Devon Think is a reliable information organizer, smart document manager, productivity tool, and more all in one. Devon Agent is your smart research assistant, personalized search assistant, search engine, and web browser all in one for the real answers when you search. Order these apps today. Use the coupon code TNO11, that's TNO11, for 15% off all there at devontechnologies.com. That's devontechnologies.com. If you're concerned about radiation poisoning from Japan in the air, water, or food and can't find potassium iodide, go to RestoreYourHealthNow.com and choose Liquid Zeolite. Liquid Zeolite is hands down the best product to remove radiation from your body and safely removes toxins, heavy metals, boosts energy levels, and promotes a strong immune system. For fatigue, muscle weakness, headaches, memory loss, influenza, joint pain, or toxic radiation poisoning, use Liquid Zeolite from RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Liquid Zeolite is so powerful it was used to clean up contamination in Chernobyl, yet so gentle you won't even know you're taking it. Liquid Zeolite comes with a money-back guarantee but is only available at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. Learn how to get free bottles of Liquid Zeolite at RestoreYourHealthNow.com. That's RestoreYourHealthNow.com or call 800 880 Call 800-880-9976 today and learn how to get free bottles of liquid zeolite. Has the whole world gone mad? What's going on? How can they do that? Can Christians have demons? Why are politicians so detached? Need answers to these questions? This is Scott Enser for HardcoreChristianity.com the nastiest Christian radio show and website in the country. When it comes to the biblical truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, about what's really going on in America and the rest of the world. Come join us each day as Michael W. Smith of the House of Healing in Phoenix reveals what the churches in America fail to tell you about the true spirit realm concerning demonic activity, mental illness, and even the basis of hardcore evil that is sweeping mankind. 
visit hardcorechristianity.com. Remember, you cannot negotiate with evil. You have to eradicate it. It's not too late. Visit our website, link to our new internet radio, broadcasting 24-7 all of Michael's teachings, and going live for seminars and deliverance services. Check our schedules. Hardcorechristianity.com Local Army Navy surplus stores are hard to find these days, but not military issue supplies. They're right here online at mainmilitary.com. That's right, just like the state, M-A-I-N-E, military.com. We have everything for true, total preparedness. MainMilitary.com is not a typical website. It has much more than your old surplus store. Quality military-issue survival gear like canteens, mess kits, utensils, gas masks, filters, and chemical suits, magnesium fire-starting tools, strike anywhere, waterproof, and storm matches, first aid kits, splints, tourniquets, parachute 550 cord, military manuals, sandbags by the bale, and a huge Molly assortment of vests and pouches for every need. Call 207-989-6783, 207-989-6783, or visit MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E, Military.com, the main name in military supply. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN Great Talk Radio starts here. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We're back with Peter Cohen, Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show and The Loop at loopinsight.com. We're talking about Apple and Lion, about the changes in the product lines, about the fact that Apple's gone optical. Drives have now history, an endangered species, the new floppy drive. It's gone. Do it online. All right, maybe your ISP is going to say you can't do that. We're going to knock you off for a year. But that's how you can do it. It certainly appears that way. You know, it's uh, the, the optical drives on the Mac are, are getting scarcer and scarcer by the minute. Well, we see now, for example, the MacBook Air is the hottest selling model in the portable Mac lineup. MacBooks, they sell a lot, but a lot of people buy the Air. They even discontinue the very basic white MacBook. It is now history. I'm sorry to see that one go, by the way. My son has a black MacBook, about three years old. My uh, wife and I both use white MacBooks, so uh, we're a little disappointed to see uh, the white MacBook go the way of all flesh. You know, Apple, if they don't sell, they go. Well, I think they do sell. I think Apple is very consciously trying to push people towards getting the low-end MacBook Air. Well, it wasn't hard. They're selling an awful lot of them with the solid-state drives and all that stuff. I they just are, wonder. but the MacBook, is, I mean, the MacBook has been a perennial bestseller for Apple. I don't think that they discontinued that because of poor sales. I think I think that was a marketing. Uh, I think that was a marketing decision. Well, Apple also is known to even get rid of good selling devices. Look what they did with the iPods. You know, they throw out one Nano and put in another Nano, even though the previous Nano was doing pretty well. Goodbye, Nano. Or as they said in one TV show, Nano, Nano. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, iPod sales are also down year over year over year. So, you know, clearly the the market is moving in a very different direction. Okay, let's take a look at more stuff in Lion here, okay? Now, looking over Lion, everything you've read, we have the problem, the conundrum here. Autosave is great, except that most apps don't support it, something I alluded to before before we kind of got sidetracked here. But the problem is here, you're used to this muscle memory, Command or Apple S to save. 
Some yeah. apps have autosave built in if you turn them on, like Microsoft Word or Quark Express. Now you have a few apps that support Apple's automatic save, but you can't stop doing Command-S because most of your apps aren't going to support it. And usually with that kind of muscle memory, it's all or none. You shouldn't stop to think about it. Right. Well, you know, everybody's going to have to have a different way of or going to have to learn a different way of doing things if they want to upgrade to Lion. I mean, I, I have no doubt that a lot of Mac users aren't going to make the switch now uh, or are making the switch right now and probably don't plan to make the switch anytime in the near future also. We're, sure. we're obsessed with the new, but, but let's face facts, Gene. A lot of people don't need new. Well, that's true. That's true. And it's also you might have apps that are power PC only. They used to use this little utility called Rosetta which allowed it to translate the code from PowerPC to Intel. You can't underscore this enough. It's gone in Lion. That's right. It's not just going to be something you can download, like, for example, Java. You want Java? No problem. You run a Java app, and if you don't have Java installed, Apple offers to download your copy. But even that's true with Flash now. New Macs don't ship with Flash. You want Flash the first time you run a Flash site that requires Flash What's going to happen is you'll be given the pleasure of downloading a copy from Adobe, and it's Adobe's responsibility to let you know if there's an update. That's right, yeah. So there you go. But okay, with Rosetta, no. Now, some people tell me this was licensed from IBM, but Apple also made a deal with a company called Transitive for this translation technology. Regardless, if you have an app like Quicken 2007, okay, the last full-featured version of Quicken for the Mac what do you do? Switch to something else that supports Lion, because Quicken won't. And I always wonder, too, about Intuit. They've had people on Apple's board of directors. It's a multi-billion dollar corporation. They can't hire a couple of Mac programmers to work this out? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, true. Kind of like the argument I had with Microsoft when they came out with Office 2008 didn't support this visual basic because Microsoft said, well, it would take a year to rewrite it for universal or Intel support. Microsoft couldn't afford to hire three or four more programmers? Right. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it, it's, it smacks of, of laziness to me. Um, you know, I think people who have been using Quicken, pro- or Quicken products or products from Intuit on the Mac um, have known for a while that they were, you know, sort of second-class citizens as far as Intuit was concerned. Uh, that's been no secret because, I mean, Intuit has only... Uh, really reluctantly been dragged kicking and screaming into supporting the Mac to begin with over the years. Um, they've done it tepidly, uh, you know, and I, I suspect that it's it's just a matter of dollars and cents for them. Uh, no pun intended, given what their products are designed to do. But, you know, chances are that if, if the software, it, you know, it isn't selling in the quantities that they want, they're just really not interested in, um, in supporting the, the, uh, the platform. So a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, if you don't make good software, people don't buy it. And you say, well, I'm not going to make the software because people aren't buying it. By the way, um, Gene, uh, before we get completely off the subject of uh, of of the absence of Rosetta, um, I want to offer this tip to our listeners um, who are concerned about upgrading to Lion as to whether or not they're they're going to be affected by this. Do you mind? Hey, go ahead. Okay, cool. If you um, are using a machine that you're thinking of upgrading to Lion and you're worried about whether or not your apps will work, um, there's an easy way to tell. And you don't have to download any software. You don't have to do anything special. Uh, But there is a a function in your Macintosh 
if you go to the About This Mac window by clicking on the Apple menu and selecting About This Mac and then click on More Info, it will actually pull up the System Profiler, which is a built-in utility in your Mac. Um, and if you click on Software and then Applications, it will give you a list of all the applications that are installed in your hard disk drive. And if you arrange that, uh, there are uh, that that is arranged by column. And if you click on the column entitled Kind, if you have any applications that are listed there that say that that listed under that Kind column that are listed as Classic or PowerPC, they won't work with Lion. They don't operate with uh, with Lion because Lion lacks the Rosetta technology that's in Snow Leopard and older versions uh, of the operating system. So uh, it is incumbent upon you to get in touch with the developers of those applications to find out um, if they've got versions that will work and to remove them um, if they don't or uh, face the idea of not using them, uh, not being able to work with them when you upgrade to Lion because they simply won't work. And this is something that you have to emphasize over and over again because it's going to cause confusion. I kind of think most people don't have a problem. I know of a few people who do. In addition, of course, to Quicken. The other issue, of course, is Microsoft Office. Some people don't like 2008 and don't like 2011. They stuck with 2004. Guess what? That is a power PC version of Word. Yeah. Can't run it. Can't exactly. use it. Exactly. So de- un- un- uninstall it. Um, and make sure, please make sure to back up your computer before you upgrade to Lion. This is always the big conundrum here. I think people install these things not realizing when you install an operating system, yeah, it's a couple of clicks. But Apple is going to be moving several gigabytes of files, moving, updating, deleting, lots of stuff going on there, hundreds of thousands of files being moved around and written and replaced. If something's wrong with your hard drive, that installation could be toast. Exactly, exactly. So please be very careful before you upgrade. And it's easy. You know, as far as backups, you know, how many people out there still don't have a good backup? How many people out there don't do backups? How many people out there, when we say practice the backup religion, they think I'm some kind of religious fundamentalist? (laughs) Well, you are, but a very sensible one as far as I'm concerned. Now, this is the kind of religion that's easy. I mean, you can go to your store and buy, what, for $100, a big, powerful backup drive. 100 bucks, 100 and a half, whatever. And, I mean, you don't have to, if, you, if you're using a relatively recent version of OS X, you don't even have to buy any backup software because Time Machine is built in. You know, Time Machine is Apple's own backup software. So all you got to do is plug that sucker in. Tell Time Machine in the System Preferences panel. You want to use that one as a backup. It will It will take care of the rest. It will back up everything. You don't have to worry your pretty little head, little head about it. You know, Time Machine will do it all. And then you'll have a backup. Or you can use Carbon Copy Cloner, which is donationware. You download it and give the developer whatever you feel like. And um, if you want to spend a small amount fun. of money, by the way, you can go, of course, to SuperDuper. Yeah, exactly. SuperDuper from SharePocket Software. Uh, great software as well. So uh, there are plenty of options that will cost you very little money or that are very uh, low cost. Uh, all it requires you to do is to purchase an inexpensive external hard disk drive using whatever interfaces your Mac supports, whether that be FireWire or USB 2.0 or whatever. And before we go on with backups or anything else, we have another reminder to give you. If you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Owl Live, Write us, news at technightowl.com. Once again, that's news at technightowl.com. 
We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the People grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show. I'm Gene Steinberg, and you're in the Tech Night Out Live, and we are exploring the ins and outs of Lion, the need to do an upgrade. Now, it requires two gigabytes of memory. So if you have one of those really early Intel-based Core 2 Duo iMacs had half a gigabyte of memory. Get the memory upgrade. It won't even install if you have less than two. That's right. Yeah, and if you've uh, got a Core Duo uh, Mac, which were, I think those were the first-generation Mac minis and maybe even the first-generation MacBooks, I'm not sure, those actually won't work with Line at all, I don't think. That's right. You need the uh, dual-core processor uh, in order to, to, to do it. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, there are a few limitations. Please uh, look before you leap. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a new day, everybody. Lion is a major change for the, uh, the Mac user experience. But it's a change that's going to mean a lot of good things, I think. Now, I have to say this, running Lion this week, pretty snappy. Runs pretty good. You know, it doesn't drag. I like the extra visual effects. You know, opening a window kind of zooms out at you. You know, there's some glitches. Few glitches in spaces. You know, what spaces is of course spaces is Apple's capability of putting an app in a custom desktop by itself. If you use spaces before and you just let it upgrade, it's gonna screw everything up. Okay, so that's a couple of things like that are gonna be screwy. You're gonna have to wait for some of your favorite apps to be updated. You don't have to get Lion on day one, by the way. Okay, this is a very important thing. You know, we don't have to get Lion the first day. Wait a while. I mean what's gonna happen? Exactly. Unless you have a real need to be on the bleeding edge of technology, take a back seat. You know, sure, all the cool kids are doing it, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily need to do it. You know, uh, just like with any peer pressure, there's a lot of uh, um, there, there's a lot of, uh, of pressure to, to 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 do it. But you know, it, it'd be a good idea to to, to take a step back and and uh, let other people sort of find the rough edges that need to be smoothed. And I'm sure that Apple's already got a, uh, a, a game plan for when uh, the first few Lion updates are going to be pushed out as well. Probably already under production. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Already under production. So, for our final little bit of discussion, Apple 
does this incredible set of numbers for their sales this past quarter. They say $25 billion. That was what the industry was saying, you know, all those crazy, uninformed Wall Street experts. $25 <laughs> billion. Apple did $28.57 billion. They say, well, they'll sell 7.5 to 8 million iPads. Apple, of course, moved over 9 million iPads, 9.25 million. 16, 17 million iPhones, they moved over 20. That was below the expectation of some analysts um, in terms of iPad numbers. But, you know, analysts have proven over and over again since uh, uh, April of 2010 when the iPad debuted, they don't understand what the heck um, a tablet market is supposed to be. Um, so I really don't don't lend any credence to anything that any analyst says as far as that's concerned. But yeah, Apple Apple really pulled in some impressive numbers for its third quarter. That's for sure. Isn't it interesting also that when it comes to all these things, let's look for example over at the iPad and the way they underestimate the iPad. Well, it's just for consumers; it's a passing fad. So Apple reveals that most Fortune 500 companies are either deploying or testing iPads. You don't do that for a consumer toy. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, these things are, are being requested quite a bit by quite a diverse um, section of, uh, um, of corporate customers. So you have to think about this for a second. What? Corporate customers want this thing? How could they? It's just a consumer toy. They don't need it. Well, Apple's also pointing out that there has been some degree of cannibalization from the Mac to the iPad. On the other hand, there's quite a bit of cannibalization also from PCs to Macs and to the iPad. Yeah, Apple's Apple's keeping it in the family, so I don't really think that uh, cannibalization is something that they're overly worried about as long as people are buying products with Apple, Apple logos on them. But more important, the people who are buying... Macs instead of Windows PCs. PC sales are flat. So Apple reports 14% increase in Mac sales. And remember, the MacBook Air didn't come out long in the tooth, stuff like that. So that's one of the most popular Macintosh models. It wasn't there. People were being told it's going to come soon, it's going to come soon, wait for Lion so they could preload it with Lion, which of course is the case. So you had to wait until the 20th of July if you wanted to buy one in June, well. And the other thing that's peculiar, too, their quarter ended not June 30, but June 25th. Mm-hmm. Five days left in that quarter. Sales, we don't know. doesn't matter. Apple did so well. Who could have thunk it? Got to think, though, what's happening with our friends, quote-unquote, at Microsoft, looking at how Apple is doing, and they're sitting there, ugh. They got to be worried. Sick. Especially Steve Ballmer, looking at Apple's sales going up, and up and up, the sky's the limit. I honestly don't think that. Uh, well, you know, in fairness, Ballmer, what was it last week, was trumpeting the fact that they've sold 400 million copies of Windows Seven. You know, so at least in in their public face, they they put on a very brave public face and tell everybody that Apple is still small potatoes. But behind closed doors, I'm sure that they have to be concerned with the momentum that Apple has, especially in the consumer space. You know, Apple is eating Microsoft's lunch. And Apple is making more and more inroads into the business world. 
Because anytime you look at, look at how many iPhones are being deployed by business. Look how many, well, look how many iPads. More and more businesses are using Macs. More and more employees are allowed to pick what kind of computer they want. And the Windows PC, uh. And then you look at what's happening now with Apple and Google. Apple, part of that consortium, buying those Nortel patents. Apple, of course, winning a patent suit, at least the first stage, against HTC. So what's going to happen here is when anyone wants to build a Google Android phone, they're going to have to pay money to Apple and Microsoft. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a sticky wicket right there. I, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel uh, about all these lawsuits going back and forth over patents. Well, as an Apple fanboy, I'm happy to see Apple protecting its intellectual property. On the other hand, I understand that patents really kind of stifle innovation, and I wish that there was some reform in the system. Does that make any sense? Yeah, total sense, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always happy to see things Apple go Apple's way, but um, I have to admit, as, as, as much of a, a knee-jerk reaction I've got against free and open-source advocates, or FOSS, as they, they call them, they, they call that, that software, um, a, just a, a knee-jerk sort of instinctive um, uh, philosophical reaction against them because I, I recognize that you know we, we need uh, intellectual property protection um, you know in, in order for people to make money off of their ideas. I also recognize that it seems like the only people who are getting rich uh, in these deals are the lawyers. You know, and obviously the, the the companies that end up winning these things. Where it's really dangerous, though, is for the independent developers who are expecting companies like Apple to shield them from um, patent trolling. You know, as we've seen, you know, in in some cases uh, with stuff like the Apple the 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 App Store, it's it's starting to frighten developers um, uh, with what's going on, and that's not a good thing. So it's it, you know it's it's an ongoing battle. Understood. Tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do. You can find me at angringbackbastards.com. It's a weekly podcast that I do with two other guys where we um, take uh, a, a look uh, at the uh, uh, analysis of Apple stuff um, on the Internet and uh, tend to rant. And we run blue, of course. We work with naughty language. Um, you can also find me on the, the Loop at loopinsight.com. Peter Cohen, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks, Gene. It's always a pleasure. Let me remind you, if you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Owl Live, write us. We want to hear from you. News at TechNightOwl.com. Once again, that's news at TechNightOwl.com. And I want to assure you always, we read each and every message we get, and we do answer most of them. Yes, we do, neighbors. Coming up next on the show, we'll hear from Adam Inkst, of Tidbits and Take Control Books. Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as $2.99. And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com. 
Devin Fink is a reliable information organizer, smart document manager, productivity tool, and more all in one. Devin Agent is your smart research assistant, personalized search assistant, search engine, and web browser all in one for the real answers when you search. Order these apps today. Use the coupon code TNO11, that's TNO11, for 15% off all there at devintechnologies.com. That's devintechnologies.com. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. Are you tired of spending money for metal canning lids year after year? Then stop! Stop buying metal lids and get Tatler reusable canning lids. Made of USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, Tatler canning lids let you safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways that contain BPA, but Tatler canning lids are indefinitely reusable and guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning and contain no BPA. Tatler lids are dishwasher safe, perfect for standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars, and are proudly made in the USA. Place orders by phone at 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's 1-877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com. That's reusablecanninglids.com. Tatler Reusable Canning Lids, the original since 1976. Ready to save? Then you're ready for the Super Summer Sale at Herbal Healer Academy. Herbal Healer has been the leader in quality natural supplements for 23 years. Log on to HerbalHealer.com and take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on 500 parts per million colloidal silver. The best pharmaceutical grade available at all sizes on sale. Super Male Plex with Uhimbi and Super Femplex for summer toning. Buy Glucosamine Chondroitin 60 caps, summer sale priced at only $12. Colon and Answer 250 caps, summer sale priced at just $18. And if your brain's a little foggy, we have a great supplement on sale called Memory Power. Log on and hit the postcard specials link for more super summer savings at HerbalHealer.com. As always, new customers get a free catalog with first order. Herbal Healer Academy, healing the world with nature one person at a time. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, just send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from 
technightall.com slash radio. That's technightall.com slash radio. Or check us out at iTunes. We have Adam Ingst of Tidbits and Take Control Books. And his company, the company he runs with, Tanya Ingst, Take Control Books, loads of new titles on Lion. But something that Peter Cohen observed in our previous segment of the Tech Night Out Live, Apple has engaged in a schizophrenic rebranding of Lion. So, for example, if you look at the press releases, as you pointed out before we got started, it says Mac OS X Lion. If you go online, if you look at the Mac App Store, it is OS X Lion. The Mac is fading. What's going on? That's a really good question. It is truly schizophrenic, um, and I haven't. We, I've actually asked Apple PR this several times, point blank, and gotten no answers. But it's as though different departments in Apple believe different things to be true. So the marketing people who are putting up the website clearly are dropping the Mac from pretty much everything. It's all OS X Lion. But press releases where those people pay a lot of attention to the language they use, they're consistently saying Mac OS X Lion. And then again, within the within the operating system itself, you go to about this Mac, it says Mac OS X again. So I don't quite know what to make of it. Um, I tried to get in touch with uh, the woman who's actually in charge of the Apple Style Guide to find out, uh, you know, if there was any, you know, internal word on what was happening, but again, wasn't able to get that connection made. All so right. well, okay, let me ask you a question here. The Style Guide, what are we talking about here? Apple has an official Style Guide that explains how to use terminology surrounding the Apple uh, Apple products and Apple sites and things like that. It's a big document. Um, I haven't looked at it in a couple of years, but it's, you know, I don't know, 50 or 60 pages. And it, it just goes into how you are supposed to refer to things officially if you are within Apple writing about Apple's products. And a lot of those of us outside of Apple use it as at least a guide, even if we don't follow it uh, quite as slavishly as Apple employees might. Okay, so it's designed for both Apple employees, <laughs> Apple PR, and any press analyst, media analyst who's writing about Apple. And I don't know the extent to which they care about the, the, you know, the outside people. Um, what but they, they make do, the which is nothing. <laughs> yeah, but they, yeah, right. But they make it public. So, you know, it's not, it's not a secret. And uh, honestly, Apple's a funny company when it comes to language. If you actually read the way Apple writes about, like, for instance, in the help, um, writes about their stuff, they manage to do so without using a whole lot of specific terms. So we actually, in writing our books, have long debates about what to call things because we're writing primarily text. We don't necessarily have the level of graphics uh, uh, we don't want to put you know, a graphic in as often as, as would potentially be necessary if you were going to avoid words. So for instance, if you are in system preferences and you click one of those one of the icons in system preferences, you know, what do you get? And we've decided it's a system preference pane. And then similarly, sometimes within a preference pane, you'll get, used to be tabs. You know, there'd be three tabs for different, different items within that, and we'd call those tabs. You know, you, they look like file folder tabs. But a couple of operating systems ago, they switched them to look like buttons. And so now we couldn't call them tabs anymore because readers would have no idea what we were talking about. So we called them buttons and what they reveal to be views. So it's, it's very tricky stuff if you're trying to tell the reader what they're seeing on screen in words rather than 
Apple would just say, click name of button. It would just say, click name of button. They wouldn't, and, they, and they wouldn't say, and you'll see the such and such view. They'll just say, click name of button in, you know, and then select such and such, you know, from the, you know, from the menu or whatever. They're very uh, terminology ambiguous. Well, does that help or hinder people who write books and articles about Apple? I think it hinders, okay. um, honestly. Sure. We really would like there to be more guidance in a lot of these cases because they're coming up with these terms. So, for instance, the little dialogues that appeared in iOS 4, I think, uh, and have just started appearing in Lion 2, Apple calls them popovers. Well, that's good to know because they're not dialogues, they're not windows, they're not alerts. You know, they don't look like anything we've ever had before. So for those of us who are writing about them, what do we call them? Okay, but popovers, and pop is going the weasel here. That's horrible to say. These popovers, you think of popovers as ads. You know, you go to a website and you have these (laughs) intermediary ads. So you go to like Macworld.com or loopinsight.com, you have these ads that say, you know, click on this to close or wait 15 seconds and we'll take you to the site. USA Today does that. Lots of places do that. I think of them as popovers. Personally, I think of taste, tasty dinner rolls as popovers. So. Well, there you go. But no, but I said this, and this was something that we struggled with. You know, we said, you know, do we wish to adopt Apple's term or is it more or less confusing for readers if we use Apple's term versus calling them dialogues or alerts or something like that? And what we finally decided was is that we had to use Apple's term because they, the way those are used does not fit the way that dialogues or alerts or windows are used in other areas of the operating system. Basically, Apple's talk- reinventing the wheel. Over and over again, confounding everybody. And there's another change, and I'm going to ask you about the terminology. You have a couple of library folders. Actually, you have several library folders (laughs) on your Mac. You have, if you go to the main level of your hard drive, for example. So we go to the main level of your hard drive, and then you look, and you see a folder called library. Then you have a system folder in which there's another library folder. There is another library folder inside your personal or user's directory. But that one... Apple, in its infinite wisdom in Lion, made invisible. Why? (laughs) You know, it's a good question. I I mean, I'm actually not offended they made it invisible. They did so because... Because they were listening to old broadcasts of the radio show The Shadow. (laughs) So they listened to The Shadow. Who knows what evil lurks in the heart of men? The Shadow knows. Of course, he's the person who found in the Orient the power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. So Apple is using that mental power to hide your personal library folder from you. Why? Because who knows what evil lurks inside the library folder. That's the problem, is is that if people who don't know what they're doing start messing with stuff in the library folder, they can cause a fair amount of damage. Yes, Um, but what about the other two library folders? Can't you do the same thing? Well, that's a really good point. And so the difference is, is those other two library folders, you do not have... Uh, right access to by default. You have to be an administ- You have to have an administrator account, and and you have to authent- authenticate to do much in those. And the other thing, of course, is if you move a file out there, outside that folder, if you try to move a file, you have to first give your password. Precisely. So you have one step removed so- from being destructive. 
so 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 as I said, I don't the I mean I understand Apple's goal, which is to hide the mechanics of Mac OS ten. They already do that to a great extent. I mean there's a ton of Unix directories and things like that that we never see. And so what they're saying is the user library folder is really another one of those for most people. And they do make it relatively easy to get to. Just hold down the option key and go to the Go menu in the Finder, and library pops up there. And so by the way, there's also a terminal command that I will not give <laughs> that does the same thing that everybody has used so far who cares Precisely. about such things. We have Adam Inks who cares about a lot of things. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Will I have garlic breath after I take Ali C? We get that question all the time about the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. And the answer is, Ali C contains stabilized allicin, nature's antimicrobial agent, and the active ingredient in crushed garlic, but will not give you garlic breath. Scientifically proven in double-blind studies, using low doses of allicin greatly reduces the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Our powerful Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin. Just one tablet of Ali C is equivalent to 40 garlic cloves. It's effective against asthma, MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections, and helps lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Plus, it's a natural mosquito repellent. Boost resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 877-888-7126 or garlichealthproducts.com. Fight back with Ali C. Question. Can functional magnetic resonance imaging be used to read our minds? Author Jose Calazo answers yes in his two new books, America's New Slavery. For more than 13 years, author Jose Calazo has been trying to prove that the U.S. government has the capacity to read a person's thoughts with a revolutionary technology known as fMRI, functional magnetic resonance imaging, and there is proof that it exists. America's New Slavery explores this technology and its many possible applications in national security. Who has access to it? How is it being used? Does America's salvation rest in this technology? These and many other questions are answered in America's New Slavery. The new books by Jose Colazo, Available on BN.com, Amazon.com, and Borders.com. America's New Slavery. All Americans should be concerned. 
GCN listeners, why have you been hearing so much about Dermatol, the all-natural, all-purpose first aid spray? Because it's the must-have first aid product you need in your preparedness kit. Dermatol is made in America by Americans who know there's a more affordable, natural way to treat cuts, burns, bites, rashes, shingles, boils, and many other skin problems. Dermatol is gentle enough for diaper rash, powerful enough for bed sores, and harmless to the eyes and mouth. It's great for the whole family, even your family pets. Dermatol is antimicrobial, antifungal, antiviral, and not diminished by freezing, extreme heat, or years in storage. Dermatol is an absolute must for any first aid or preparedness kit. Dermatol's soothing, rapid restoration of injured skin is so effective, it's guaranteed. Order yours today. Call 800-217-6677. 800-217-6677. That's 800-217-6677. Efficient. Economical. Effective. Spray it all with Dermatol. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. We're back with Adam Inks on the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. And we were talking about what Apple hath wrought with OS X line, not Mac OS X line, depending on which literature you see. We're talking about that user's library directory that's only optionally visible, you're going to say. I was going to say, is that if they're going to start making the, that sort of thing invisible, why didn't they make the entire system folder invisible? Why not make the top-level library folder invisible in exactly the same, for exactly the same reasons? That yes, you need to authenticate, you need to give your password to, to do anything in those, but why even leave them out there to cause confusion if they're worried about that? And that's what I don't understand. So it seems like they're stepping in that direction of hiding everything, kind of the way they've hidden everything entirely on the iPhone and the iOS. But they haven't really gone all the way, and it, it feels like a little bit of a, a half-step because of it. Maybe they think the fact that you have to go through that extra step of authenticating is sufficient to protect you. Well, certainly it will protect you from doing most damage, but it, it won't uh, it won't protect against certain levels of confusion given they've hidden the library folder you're most likely to use and left visible the one you're least likely to use or the two you're most likely to use. Well, maybe they'll remedy that in the first or second update to OS ten Lion. Okay, now the other consideration here is by infusing more elements from the iOS, are they dumbing down Mac OS ten or OS ten or whoever? <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to say Mac anymore. It's you know because it those people that was too long a word. So they're not dumbing it down. We've thought a good deal about this, and what we ha- sort of came to realize about Apple is is they're on a path. The path is with the Mac. The path is aiming in the direction where iOS has already gone. And that is for two reasons. One is that the desktop metaphor that we have come to be, you know, become accustomed to on the Mac over the last 20 years doesn't work for a lot of people. I mean, those of us who've used it for a long time, yeah, we understand it completely. We're very fluid. We move quickly throughout it. But there's a whole lot of people out there who just never got it. And, you know, we all know them, the people who have the lists of instructions and how to do anything. Or young people don't even know what a desk 
looks like in the metaphor. I mean, they, they don't work at desks. They don't have filing cabinets and file folders. They just, they don't, they don't understand that kind of a, of a metaphor as a way of using a computer. That's so 1980s. And that, iOS eliminates that. Sure. And so they're trying to take macOS 10 in the direction of iOS for those people. Now, what's important to realize, though, is you can ignore all of it. So if you are an, a longtime Mac user who's really comfortable with your Mac, yeah, fine, whatever. Just ignore the new stuff. So nothing changes in that regard. And for those people who are worried about the fact that this this trend towards more of an iOS-like experience will eventually completely make the Mac into something like iOS, don't really need to worry. And the, and the simple reason is that you need to be able to use a Mac to develop, to write programs, if you are Apple or a developer of any sort. And those people need the high-end, powerful interfaces that we've come to be, you know, we've come to, to use. You can't write software for the iPhone on the iPhone. and well, Today, and you can't, but I have a feeling there will be a time you could write software for the iOS on the iPad. I'd be shocked, honestly. It's going to be, it's, I mean, not that... Not today, I'm saying a few years from now. A few years from now, I would bet that within a few years, we might be able to see sort of hypercard or a little erector set kind of, kind of apps for you could do a simple app on the iPad. But the, the fact is, is that when you look at what's involved with writing an application, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of lines of programming code. And the other thing to consider, too, there are certain types of work, classes of work, that demand high-end sophistication. You know, go to yes. Adobe Master Collection or any of these major programs. Yet, for most people, being insulated from the niceties, fineries, or complications of the file system, that's a good thing. Yeah. And people don't get file systems, you know, the, the whole hierarchical nature of them, um, you know, the naming con- naming conventions, the file name extensions, all that kind of nonsense is stuff that people shouldn't have to worry about. That's not a bad thing. So what I actually see happening, not in Lion, I think Lion is really just the first step that would direction. So if you wish to use Lion more like it, the iOS side of things, you can. You can use Launchpad, you can use the gestures and all that. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. But As a matter of fact, when it comes to gestures, I have a gesture, but Apple doesn't recognize it. <laughs> At least not yet. Maybe you can. I kind of think if you do that, try it on your trackpad, you know, on your magic trackpad or whatever and see what happens. So what we're going to be moving towards um, in the next Big Cat or two probably is a split, where we will be seeing a Mac that is locked down so that it resembles the iOS devices more and more and more. And you just cannot do those desktop-y kinds of things with that Mac. And But and all you need to do is to have multiple operational configurations like a standard user and an advanced user in OS ten. You can put both there and all you do is click a button if you're the advanced user it's like the new scrolling scheme where you push Possibly. it down to go down and if you want to do that front wheel drive that's standard if you want to go back to the old fashioned way where down means up which is like rear wheel drive on a car you just click a checkbox in a system preferences pane and it goes back to the old way there's a choice there 
possible, though Apple's actually not particularly into choices. Apple likes you to make the choice and then stick with it. And, and they like to have relatively few preferences so that you have a consistent user interface and user experience. So certainly it's a possibility that you could switch back and forth among the, between these two things. But I actually kind of expect that we'll see um, actual different products. That, you, that we'll have, you know, the Mac Pro will be for developers and will look and work like a Mac today. And, you know, the Mac consumer will be more like, um, you know, a MacBook or an iMac, and it will come up with Launchpad as the default screen. There will be no Finder, uh, you know, those kinds of things. So that's, you know, again, that's a couple years out. That's three to five years out, I believe. But, but I do, do believe that's where we're going, partly because... Frankly, the iOS has been popular. I mean, they've, it's, it's, it's worked. They have not had huge problems selling iOS devices because they don't have all of these things people kept clamoring for. They've sold 200 million of the flipping things. Well, if we look at iOS devices, actually it's 220 million now. Yeah, sorry. All I'm, I'm, without I'm Adobe Flash. I mean, you yeah. can't keep up with it. It's almost astounding what Apple's doing. It's defying gravity. It's reached the point now where the analysts are saying, when will Apple's market cap exceed that of Exxon? <laughs> When's that going to be? Because it's, what, $50, 60000000000 billion away? What's well, a few billion dollars amongst friends? Well, and yeah, I mean, market cap's a funny, a funny number because it's based on stock price. But nonetheless, yes, it's, it's, there's, there's no question that Apple is utterly on top of the world right now. And, you know... On the one hand, you could argue that, gee, maybe they'll have some problems in, you know, X years when we, they, they've saturated the market. But on the other hand, these devices all break. And once you're addicted to your iPhone, you're not switching off at something else um, unless, it's, unless it's a whole lot better. And no one seems to be able to make something that's a whole lot better than an iPhone or an iPad right now. And the thing is here, where is the market saturation point? It was reached with digital music players. We know that. In terms of smartphones, a lot of growth there. Obviously, a lot of growth. In terms of the Mac, the Mac already has risen to, I think, number three in the U.S., but they still sell twice as many Dells or two and a half times as many HPs, roughly speaking. Yeah, I do think that, I mean, although they reached the market saturation point in terms of music players, one, a music player is such a single-purpose device that if you have one that works and meets your needs, you're not likely to replace it. Especially uh, now that so many of them had solid-state memories. So you don't yeah. have the situation where the hard drive goes. We have Adam Inkst of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Ray Perkins a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S 
Attack, Attack of the Rockwood, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget... CrossbreedHolsters.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. The number one secret to having great health and long life is having high levels of glutathione. This master antioxidant is required by your body to stop free radicals, keep cells young, remove chemical and heavy metal toxins, support immunity, support liver functions, stop inflammation, and much more. The results of optimal levels of glutathione in your body are more mental and physical energy, stronger immune system, greater endurance, and more. Do you know the number one secret superfood that helps increase your glutathione levels by 64% or more? It's unheated whey protein powder from grass-fed cows. This health food is amazing in its ability to do so much for virtually everyone. Introducing One World Whey, an industry-first unheated whey protein powder from grass-fed cows. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's one world, W-H-E-Y.com. Local Army Navy surplus stores are hard to find these days, but not military issue supplies. They're right here online at MainMilitary.com. That's right, just like the state, M-A-I-N-E, military.com. We have everything for true, total preparedness. MainMilitary.com is not a typical website. It has much more than your old surplus store. Quality military-issue survival gear like canteens, mess kits, utensils, gas masks, filters, and chemical suits, magnesium fire-starting tools, strike anywhere, waterproof, and storm matches, first aid kits, splints, tourniquets, parachute 550 cord, military manuals, sandbags by the bale, and a huge Molly assortment of vests and pouches for every need. Call 207-989-6783, 207-989-6783, or visit MainMilitary.com. That's M-A-I-N-E, Military.com, the main name in military supply. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN Great Talk Radio starts here. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Adam Inkst of Tidbits and Take Control Books with us, talking about OS X Lion, about Apple's strategies, how they're changing how the Mac OS or the OS for Macs, OS X, has changed about the fact that actually looking at all the reviews of OS X, I see errors in some of those reviews, it looks like even the high-end reviewers 
are saying this is a pretty good thing. In fact, Paul Thoreau, the guy who writes for this super site for Windows, he had a long review about Lion, made some very stupid entry-level mistakes, but still says it's better than anything Microsoft does. This comes from a Windows fanboy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting... It's an interesting problem. I haven't actually written this article yet. Um, I'm still still kind of working it out in my head. But I'm not actually sure that there's any point in reviewing Lion. We review things because we are because in the computer industry because we want to help our readers determine whether or not this is something that you want to up- upgrade to. Does this provide the features, the the cost benefits that make it worthwhile? So we got a problem with Lion. First of all, it's twenty nine bucks, so it's so cheap that it's sort of like books used to be. But computer books used to get reviewed in in magazines, but at some point the, the the editors simply realized the books weren't expensive enough to bother. You weren't paying a few hundred dollars for it. So, you know, if you got the book and it was, you know, it cost you 20 bucks and, and it wasn't any good, well, you weren't really out that much. So, yeah, cheap but with stuff, an operating system, it's much more yeah. difficult. If you decide you don't like Lion, you either have to restore from a backup or wipe your drive and start sure. over. There's no downgrade. Well, that's absolutely true. However, here's the interesting thing about Lion, which is it's not optional. You can think that it's optional. You can decide, oh, I'm not going to upgrade. But in reality, you've got a pretty limited time frame that that's going to be true of. And that's because Apple is building so many things that rely on the operating system between syncing with iOS devices and iCloud and getting developers to use APIs of features in Lion, such that software will start to, to require Lion fairly shortly, that you can not upgrade for a while, but starting today, pretty much, every new Mac you buy is going to have Lion on it. So it's, it's not a matter of should you upgrade. It's a matter of when are you going to upgrade because you don't have a choice. But there is the other issue, of course, that you have to consider. You are running a PowerPC app. Maybe there's no direct equivalent, Intel only. We're talking mm-hmm. to people who use Quicken 2007 for the Mac. Quicken Essentials doesn't have the essential features they need. <laughs> Dilemmas like that. Yep. And, and, and so that's, that's one of those situations where it's a matter of when, not if. Because the fact is, is that that Mac you're running, your, that PowerPC Mac you're running on, or that even Intel-based Mac running Snow Leopard, sooner or later it's going to die, you know? You know, you might be able to get keep it keep it going along for a couple of years, but honestly, every computer goes at some point, and you're going to want to replace it for one reason or another. And that software, the the writing is on the wall. So yeah, obviously, you don't have to upgrade today, but you may as well start the process of figuring out what you're going to switch to because it's not going to get any better. And the thing to consider also is Apple is now selling at least four million Macs. Per quarter, some suggest it'll be five million before long. So, if Apple is selling what sixteen to twenty million Macs a year for the next couple of years, equipped with Lion, the user base of people who can run Lion but aren't is going to diminish. Right now, I bet Apple's going to report a couple of million sales. 
no question. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Lion is absolutely the best thing since sliced bread. A whole bunch of the features in Lion I find, you know, fairly irrelevant. Launch well, as a matter of fact, let's go to that. I think that's a good point to jump <laughs> to. Okay, Lion, what is irrelevant? Other than Launchpad, I agree with you. What else is irrelevant to Adam Inkst? A whole lot of the mission control and spaces stuff I find kind of irrelevant. Um, and that's because I have used two monitors on my Mac since 1991. Um, I refuse to use a desktop Mac that does not have two monitors because make, having two monitors makes me extremely more, you know, quite a lot more productive. Um, and so spaces, uh, I've never used spaces in Lion. It's completely, com- or in, in Snow Leopard, and it's never, never helped me in the slightest. And, um, and similarly, a lot of the mission control and full screen mode, full screen app mode things in Lion simply don't work well on, on a double screen Mac. And keep in mind, I may be a little funny here running a double screen Mac Pro, but everyone who plugs an external monitor into a laptop is running a double screen Mac. This is not an unusual configuration. But you put iPhoto into full screen mode on one of your screens, the other screen goes black. Completely wasted space. So, you know, a whole lot of the productivity of two monitors just disappears with Lion if you're going to use, the, use those features. So those are, the, those are the big ones that I really don't like. And Launchpad, you know, again, Launchpad is just silly. Um, it's, it's only there to make iOS users feel at, feel at home. Um, it's also part of it also is the fact that a lot of people download or install apps and they have no clue where it is. They don't yeah. know. They say, well, I got Firefox. It's got to be here somewhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's all in the same place. The problem, I mean, the basic problem is, is that Launchpad only works if you have a very small number of, of extra apps. Um, it's the same problem with the iPhone. I mean, once you have a ton of apps on the iPhone or the iPad, you can never find anything. I, I use I use the search, um, you know, swipe to the swipe to the right um, on the main screen of the iPhone and the iPad to find where the apps are because I can never find any of them. I just have too many. So Launchpad is completely worthless. Um, much better is something like LaunchBar or any of the many many other launchers out there for the Mac. But you know, as I said, there's nothing wrong with it. You can just ignore it. I plan to just ignore it. Um, mission control, again, for the most part, plan to just ignore it. Um, doesn't really, I don't think it's really going to affect the way I do anything on my main Mac. You know, I'll probably use it a little bit on my la- on my laptop because you know, there I have a trackpad, you know, available at all times and, uh, and, and, you know, a single screen when I'm working out and about. So if you have a single small screen, then something like mission control starts to make a lot more sense. And the thing to consider also about Mission Control is, like all these other features, it's optional. Would you explain for those who haven't upgraded to Lion, haven't really paid attention to all the fineries here, what Mission Control is all about? Mission Control is, is uh, Apple's latest attempt to sort of figure out how to unify this, this problem of window management. They've, they've had a number of different attempts at it in the past. So they've got, uh, they've got Expose, they've got they, in Snow Leopard, they have Spaces in Snow Leopard. Um, you, have, you, know, you have obviously you have the desktop, you have, want to be able to see the windows from different applications, you can hide applications, all this kind of stuff. And so what Mission Control attempts to do is to bring all of the things that could be visible on your Mac um, into a single 
reduced sized view, so it all fits on one screen. So on a trackpad Mac, you just you know swipe up with four fingers, and suddenly you see your dock, you see all the windows in all running applications kind of in the center of the screen, and then up at the top, you see all the desktops and full screen apps. And so it makes it very easy at a glance just to see all the things that are going on on your Mac and switch to one by clicking on it. Well, I guess it sort of works. I like spaces, by the way. I'm one of those rare people who like spaces when and if it works. And what that does is <laughs> it lets you set up like a virtual desktop where each set of apps or in an individual application can be put in a single desktop isolated from everything else. So you kind of reduce the clutter. You know, I put all my audio apps in one space, so I'm editing the show. It's all there for me. I don't care about the Internet. If I want to check my browser, it's in another space or my email, that kind of thing. Problem with spaces, other than being difficult to figure out, is that it would lose its weight, which means I have space number seven for a particular app. Suddenly, it's in space number four. Never could figure that out. Don't know if it's the app or not. Now, supposedly, Apple's mission control supposedly is supposed to figure this out for you. You drag and drop something onto an empty desktop, it goes there, and supposedly the order of those desktops depends on your usage, supposedly. It eliminates the whole numbered space concept. And it is indeed easy to flip between the different desktops. What I find, again, this and this is an artifact of having two big monitors available at all times, is that um, most of the time when I'm working, I need to have access to a couple of applications. You need and, everything. You can't have just one. Right, there can right, not very, be one. We have right, Adam very, Inkst, very the one, the only Adam Inkst, joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. And we're in the final hour of the show. The one and only Adam Inkst of Tidbits and Take Control Books joins us a little bit later. We'll have Ross Rubin of the NPD Group. But right now, we're exploring the conundrum here where Apple has considered a lot of interesting scenarios in managing your windows, your applications, your documents, But when it comes to people who have more than one display, therein lies a problem, right, Adam? Yeah, I said it's just it's it's one of those issues of if you can focus on a single application, then it's fine to do so. But when I'm reading mail, for instance, um, I 
very, very frequently I'm clicking links to go off and read, read things in my web browser that people sent me. So, well, I could read mail in a single, you know, in a full screen mode or a single space, but then I'd be switching out to it to do anything else and then switching back. So as it is, um, on my two on my two machines, I have mail open in one window and one screen, and my browser open in another window and another screen. And I just move my eyes rather than anything else. So it's just quicker and easier. But all of these things are optional, and that's actually one of the best pieces of news about Lion because. Those of us who really, really live and die by our Macs, we work on our Macs for hours and hours a day. Apple's not, at this point, going to be able to give us things that, for the most part, improve our productivity. We've already squeezed out every last you know, unnecessary action. We've found the utilities that make us more productive, that help us get our jobs done faster. And so, from my perspective, a lot of what I want in an operating system upgrade is to not get in my way, to not slow me down. And, you know, it does appear that most of the things that Apple has done fall into that category. Now, the other thing is here how Apple is considering people who are new to the Mac, certainly people from the iOS, 220 million iPhone, iPad activations, okay? Lots of people out there don't have Macs. People who come from Windows. The new Migration Assistant lets you migrate from your Windows PC. Now, does any of this, what Apple has done with Lion, is that designed to cater to the Windows switcher? The major thing that they've done, and I, I have not used this uh, in person, obviously, is there's actually now a Windows Migration Assistant. That's what I was saying, yes. And I don't, I don't have a sense of how well it works or exactly what it does. Again, not not really quite my field but uh but i think that's that's you know it's really interesting that they're making that built into the os there have been utilities do that sort of stuff in the past but they've they've usually frankly come from pc software companies have been pretty mediocre you know that i will be curious to see if that is something that attracts more people Um, i think it bases itself on the simple structure on the windows pc you know there are pretty rock-solid folders that you use for organization, and it's going to use them. But most of what we know is going to be what Apple says about it and what they say about it, yeah. The other thing I would say is is that, you know, this gets back, I think, to what I was suggesting earlier with how the whole desktop metaphor actually doesn't work well for a lot of people. Even these people actually use computers in large part, I mean, because you can't avoid using a computer in the modern world. Um, But that's not to say they understand it. And I would argue that if there's some percentage of people who do not understand the desktop metaphor and are not fluent computer users, well, a whole lot of them are going to be on Windows because there's a whole lot of Windows users out there. And so Apple wants to provide an alternative to Windows that is even easier and less Windows-like. By the way, let me read this, okay? Let me read this, Adam. This will basically be for the edification of our listeners. This is about Windows migration, in Lion, with OS X Lion, you can migrate all the information from your old PC to your new Mac. Lion automatically transfers your home directory folders, music pictures, desktop, documents, and downloads, browser bookmarks, and user settings, including localization, locale, and customized desktop picture. Lion also transfers your contacts, calendars, and email accounts, Outlook, and Windows Live Mail, and puts them in the appropriate applications. 
not perfect, but for most people who use Windows, it sounds like it'll work. Certainly, it's all the same information. I mean, that's you know, the, the, those of us who use the Mac, we would type the same things into Apple Mail. We would type, you know, put the same bookmarks into Safari. So, you know, there's no reason why something shouldn't be able to go onto a PC and suck all that information out, convert it into the right formats on the Mac, and you know, dump it into the right applications. So, you know, it's it's not a hard concept. Obviously, the devil is in the details. Does it actually work um, in the real world with real PCs? that have been messed with by people who don't know what they're doing. But, you know, hey, that's, you know, that's what we'll see when it actually gets out there. The key will be the exceptions. Yeah. We have to see how the exceptions are handled, and that's where, especially the ones who really tamper with their PC, we'll see just how much that detects the information, and we'll have the criticisms. So, all in all, OS Ten Lion, before we move on to one more topic of our visit, OS Ten Lion, big plus for you, four and a half stars. Again, I'm 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 almost not reviewing it. It's not optional. You should you may as well get it um, at a point in time when it makes sense for you to get it because you're not going to be able to avoid it. I have nothing against it, but I you know I'm not dying to upgrade all my Macs to it instantly because I don't work in the operating system. I work in applications, and as long as my applications run, I will install Lion or not install Lion, and I'll keep getting my work done. And if you're a crazy person like me, you have to write about the subject all the time. Well, you can bet all my computers are online. No problems that I can see. A few tiny application-related glitches. That's normal. They'll be fixed. Let's move over to one other thing, of course, which is Apple's introduction this week of a new Mac Mini and also, of course, the MacBook Air. The hot-selling MacBook Air looks like, except for the educational market, the white MacBook is history, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a little sad about that too. Um, I had the first uh, the first white MacBook um, when it when it you know it came out way back. They when. probably they, Steve drove to Ithaca, in New York, <laughs> to personally. Do, no, he didn't. <laughs> and uh, and it was. I mean, it was a really good machine. And so, you know, they've obviously improved the white MacBook over the years and kept it around even after they moved everything to the aluminum cases. And um, and I, so I'm a little sad to see it go just because I thought it was a nice industrial design. It was sort of nice to see, uh, you know, a cheap, tough Mac. Um, for whatever reason, the polycarbonate seemed to be a little harder wearing than the aluminum in, in certain situations. But, you know, that said, the MacBook Airs are so brilliant. Um, you know, I, I, I think they're just amazing what Apple has managed to do in those form factors. And the thing is here, they've become so popular. It's amazing. Okay, but we look at something else here. The Mac Mini, okay, basically was made, I guess, almost half size compared to the original. Looks more like the airport extreme and all that stuff. Okay. They had a price of $699 for the last edition. Apple cut the price to $599 for a better configuration, faster processor, Thunderbolt, the whole nine yards, no optical drive. So we now have two major Mac product lines, the Mac Mini and the MacBook Air, no optical drive. Yep. Doesn't surprise me in the slightest. The optical drives take up a certain amount of space no matter what you do, and uh, that space that you could do other things in. And so not so much in the, the lower-end ones, but in the server Mac Mini, 
um, you can get two hard drives in there, and uh, and that's kind of cool, or a or a hard drive and a solid state drive. So that's the sort of thing where, you know, I could see them re-engineering it down, you know, and getting it smaller and smaller yet. Um, so the optical drive is an interesting problem because realistically, not that much software comes on optical disk anymore. And especially now that you don't need it for the operating system, because one of the interesting things about Lion is that it is designed to be purchased from the Mac App Store, although Apple will have a $69 USB drive version of it uh, available in August. And the question Um, is here, how is a 4 gigabyte USB drive, how is that worth $40 when you can buy one for $8 at your local (laughs) consumer electronics store? Is that the Apple markup? We'll get into more of that in a moment. We have Adam Inks of Tidbits Magazine and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realist, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. Combine 
Mine are Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. Energy, energy, and more energy. We all need it. Get the energy you need quick through the powers of wild forest extract. Wild Chagan Birch Bark are the secrets of the forest used exclusively by Russian athletes. Wild Chaga is the world's top source of superoxide dismutase, the critical enzyme that blocks the aging process. Chaga is good for your heart and even helps support healthy arteries. Wild Birch Extract is the top source of betulin, a natural sterile needed by every cell of the body. And healthy cells mean a healthy body and a more powerful you. No wonder it's known as a king of all herbs. Experience real energy and power like you've never dreamed possible. Take Chago Charge Tea with Wild Birch Bark every day and Chaga Max capsules to get the energy you need. You deserve it. Order today by calling 877-817-9829. 877-817-9829. That's 877-817-9829. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com Adam Angst of Take Control Books and Tidbits Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. And we're talking now about Apple's decision to forego the optical drive. If you can't download Lion, if you can't get to the local Starbucks or McDonald's to use their free Wi-Fi or get to an Apple store to download your copy... You can wait a month or a few weeks, whatever, and buy one on a USB stick for $69. Now, you know, if Apple were to provide some other stuff with it, you know, like, oh, we'll include iLife with it or something for people who didn't get iLife 11, that would make sense. But $69, a $40 premium over download, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if they put other stuff on it because it does seem a little high. The USB flash drives are... I mean, they're almost giveaways at Macworld Expo, you know, that companies put their press kits on them, usually not four gig ones, but, you know, one gig ones. You know, it's also possible four gig, it may be larger than that because four gig is big enough for the installer, but it would not be big enough to actually boot a Mac. So for that, you'd need probably an eight gig, uh, an eight gig one, maybe, maybe even a 16 gig one. So it's possible we're talking a little bit larger, but even still, it seems like a bit of a markup. Um, on the other hand, you know, it's not like Apple's forcing you to go buy it. You know, they, they've given you plenty of options to download it for $29. So I don't know. What can you say? <laughs> you know, it falls into the category of if, if you need it that badly, you're going to pay the extra, you're going to pay the extra 40 bucks. And if you don't, you'll figure out some way to get to a high speed internet connection connection for an hour. And you have to think, you know, is Apple just being greedy or what? Uh, it's not I don't think it's a matter of greedy. I think it's just a matter of they really want 
the Mac App Store to be the primary way that people get Lion. That's why the USB drive was not available on day one. I'm certain, and I suspect that's part of the why why it's going why it's priced priced as well as it is. They want to discourage people from getting it. They don't want people just thinking, "Oh, this Mac App Store thing is a little bit too hard for me." They want to make sure that everyone uses the Mac App Store at least to get Lion and sees how it works. After which. They, they'll be more likely to be buying other stuff from the Mac App Store. So this is as much a way of promoting the Mac App Store as anything else. And the other thing to consider here is the dilemma from software publishers. Ultimately, Apple wants them to all be in the Mac App Store, but right now some are going to have to do intensive redesigns. So, for yeah, example, what- Adobe is the worst defender, possibly Microsoft, where you know you have these crazy installers that throw files everywhere, Apple wants controls where you put things. They want the installer to be very simple, basically the same kind of installer for all your apps. And there's there's also a lot of types of software that Apple won't allow in the Mac App Store. So we're not going to see the Mac App Store becoming the only way to buy Mac software um, for quite some time. Although, remember that Mac I was telling you about that might happen in three to five years, which you know has a version of Mac OS X, which is more iOS-like than ever before. I could see that Mac being limited to the Mac App Store in some form or fashion. Again, you know, they want to lock it down, make sure it's safe, say to the customer, we're Apple, you can trust us that everything that gets into, you, into our store will be safe and, 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 you know, and functional. You know, we're not even going to let you download extra stuff, just like on the iOS. So that makes sense to me. But the, you know, the fact is, is that we're still in early days for the Mac App Store, and Apple needs to get people accustomed to using it as the way of getting Mac software. And so that's, I think, what all of this is really designed as. And that's mostly for people who are new to the Mac. You know, if you're coming from iOS, you know there's an App Store. Here's the Mac App Store. We know what that is. If you're coming from Windows PC, well, you're not familiar with where you're going to find Mac software, so you see that little icon. Ah, the App Store. I'll try that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it, I'm. I was mostly surprised, honestly, that it took him as long as it did to come up with the Mac App Store. It seemed like an obvious thing to do, you know, very, very early on. But one of the things that I think we've realized as Apple has has revealed more with Snow Leopard and then with Lion is that the Mac App Store is not just a simple application that sits on top of everything, like iTunes to a certain extent, that it's integrated more into the operating system than most people realize. And that's why it came with an, an OS upgrade to Snow Leopard. It came with 10.6.6. And that's why you had to upgrade to 10.6.8 to be able to, you know, to get Lion from and stuff like that. They need to make changes at the OS level to support the kind of things the App Store is doing because it's not as simple as just copying a file into the applications folder. Also, it has to recognize the updates, handle the update, patching mechanism, of course, with Lion. It's not going to be just downloading the whole app again. It's going to be just the changes. And it's also doing doing it in a secure fashion that there are certain you know digital certificates that are being used to ensure that you know the what you're downloading is what you should be downloading, that bad guys can't get nasty code into the Mac App Store, can't get nasty code onto your Mac via the Mac App Store, via stuff from there. So there's a whole lot of that stuff that's going on behind the scenes that most people don't and frankly shouldn't ever worry about. The whole like 
whole idea is that it should just work, and it does for the most part. So all in all, I have a feeling here that over the next couple of years, third-party repositories for applications will be very, very few. The existence of the Mac App Store will force most software publishers to find ways to make their apps work or work with Apple to reach some kind of compromise. What I think will will probably happen is that the kinds of software that cannot will not Apple won't accept into the App Store, which includes things like preference panes and screensavers and utilities that that need to work as root um, as the as the as the kind of the ultimate user on the Mac, like backup utilities. They need to be able to copy absolutely everything, whether or not. Um, you know, they have permission to, uh, you know, your, your user has permission to do it. Those kinds of things will become, um, they'll still be available to the users who, who, are, who are savvy enough to go out and find them. And they will continue to be sold directly by those companies. But I do think that we will start seeing less and less in the, in the form of, uh, you know, software being sold in, in stores, software being sold in catalogs, things like that, that Apple is going to kill those markets. A big subject we'll have to cover in the future. Adam Inks, where do we find more of the things that you do? And you're doing a lot for OS X Lion. Well, we have at uh, tidbits.com, we have a whole Lion Info Center box sort of on the right-hand side of the page that's collecting all of our articles about Lions. People can go there and read all sorts of good stuff. And over at uh, TakeControlBooks.com, we have two new books about Lion, Joe Kissel's Take Control of Upgrading to Lion, which is really, really good. I mean, Joe installed Lion, I don't want to know how many times, hundreds of times probably, in writing that book. And then Matt Kiss- uh, Matt, uh, Matt Newberg's uh, Take Control of Using Lion, which takes readers through all the new features and uh, reveals all sorts of hidden little tweaks and tricks that uh, Apple isn't telling you about. Where do we go to find this? www.takecontrolbooks.com And Tidbits is at tidbits.com. And by the way, you go there, you can get to Take Control Books too. Two in one, two companies in one. Adam (laughs) Inkst, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com 
For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver. UtopiaSilver.com or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. UtopiaSilver.com. Taking back America's health care one American at a time. Has the whole world gone mad? What's going on? How can they do that? Can Christians have demons? Why are politicians so detached? Need answers to these questions? This is Scott Enser for HardcoreChristianity.com, the nastiest Christian radio show and website in the country. When it comes to the biblical truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, about what's really going on in America and the rest of the world. Come join us each day as Michael W. Smith of the House of Healing in Phoenix reveals what the churches in America fail to tell you about the true spirit realm concerning demonic activity, mental illness, and even the basis of hardcore evil that is sweeping mankind. Visit HardcoreChristianity.com. Remember, you cannot negotiate with evil. You have to eradicate it. It's not too late. Visit our website, link to our new internet radio, broadcasting 24-7 all of Michael's teachings, and going live for seminars and deliverance services. Check our schedules. HardcoreChristianity.com Will I have garlic breath after I take Ali C? We get that question all the time about the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. And the answer is, Ali C contains stabilized allicin, nature's antimicrobial agent, and the active ingredient in crushed garlic, but will not give you garlic breath. Scientifically proven in double-blind studies, using low doses of allicin greatly reduces the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Our powerful Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin. Just one tablet of Ali C is equivalent to 40 garlic cloves. It's effective against as Asthma, MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections, and helps lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Plus, it's a natural mosquito repellent. Boosts resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to GarlicHealthProducts.com. That's 877-888-7126 or GarlicHealthProducts.com. Fight back with Ali C. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. We have Ross Rubin of the NPD Group, and we're going to focus on Apple defying gravity once again. <laughs> Where does well, it stop for them? Um, clearly, they continue to um, drive new opportunities. You know, it, it seems that uh, 
uh, of course, all products have a natural life cycle, and uh, uh, you know perhaps the one touch of gray in the in the uh, silver lining of the clouds was uh, that iPod sales have been down, but uh, they're they're cannibalizing their own product. They're not waiting for someone else to come around and cannibalize their product. They've been going after it uh, more aggressively than perhaps anyone else uh, with uh, the iPod Touch uh, and uh, and the iPhone. Or, of course, the iPad, which also, in part, is technically an iPod. My pads are getting completely muddled here. You know, Apple's really doing it to us. I, by the way, did you notice the way they changed the branding on Mac OS X? It is now... OS 10. That's right. Yes. And uh, so, yes, they now have an OS 10, but they continue to have an iOS line for the uh, uh, for for the portable mobile products. Uh, and there's been a lot of speculation as to uh, when or whether uh, those two operating systems will merge uh, one day, or what are the opportunities for. Uh, and to um, launch new devices that may use uh, operating systems from either camp. So we've actually seen this from some of Apple's competitors. Uh, HP, even though uh, it is a uh, tremendous uh, high-volume seller of PCs, uh, has said, you know, we're not going to shy away from putting uh, WebOS uh, which is our sort of equivalent of iOS in many ways, uh, onto a netbook. Um, and uh, we're going to put it on uh, virtually all our PCs alongside Windows as well. There that surely pleases be, Microsoft, doesn't it? Well, uh, you know, much remains to be seen in terms of how they're going to do it and even what the value is to HP to having two operating systems uh, on one computer, uh, or how those two fit together, uh, but um, you know it, it's about volume and proliferation. Now, HP uh, is far behind uh, in terms of developer support, and so it wants to uh, help build this base to attract more WebOS developers. That, uh, of course, isn't uh, an issue that Apple uh, has right now with iOS, where they're uh, they're in the driver's seat when it comes to that. Speaking of being in the driver's seat, all these victories that Apple has, they were part of that consortium buying 6,000 patents from the bankrupt Nortel. They won this victory against HTC. Are we going to see Apple enforce an Android tax here? If you're running Android, you're infringing on these patents we own. Therefore, you owe us a check. I mean, Microsoft gets a check from some of those makers now. Uh, absolutely, and I, I think you know you have to look at Microsoft's motivation uh, a bit. Uh, uh, clearly, it's it's distracting, and it, it takes time to work on litigation and and uh, be involved in in these lawsuits. Uh, and that's not to say that Apple has not sued. You know, to your point with uh, with HTC, um, but uh, I think I think the motivations are different. You know. Uh, Microsoft, of course, uh, their core business is a software licensing business, uh, and so Android is in many ways a more direct uh, threat to that business. So the motivation for Microsoft is to uh, raise the effective price uh, of Android to make uh, its options 
more attractive uh, in the market financially. Uh, Apple uh, does not license its operating systems, and so there uh, it, it uses its operating systems as a key to differentiation. So uh, it it just wants those companies to stop uh, using those methods, and uh, a lot of their language actually in the uh, in the Samsung uh, uh, litigation has been very interesting uh, from the company in that it has said. Uh, you know, we've seen lots of other phone makers uh, create their own approach to innovation and their own looks and feels, uh, and and that's you know just what we're we're asking Samsung to do. Yes, but do you think that the regulators or the courts are going to allow Apple to stop these companies from building hardware? Wouldn't they say, well, if you feel they've infringed and maybe we agree with you, go ask for a license fee from Apple? Yeah, wouldn't Apple, at that point, can Apple really get away with stopping HTC from building that gear? Well, I'm Even if they different. win, wouldn't a remedy, a proposed remedy, would be to collect money? Uh, certainly, you know, moving, uh, you know, for, for previous uh, infringement, uh, I presume there would be a penalty. You know, of course, I'm not an attorney, but, but I, again, I think what's, What's uh, motivating Apple uh, is to get competitors to simply use a different approach. You know, they don't really, they wanted to license the IP, they would be in the IP licensing business. That's, that's not what they want to do. Uh, they want companies to do something else. So they hope the courts will say, stop building this gear, that's it. But doesn't that or create build, build an build antitrust potential? They'll just say build it differently, you know, sure. just the gear, but, but use a different approach. Uh, sure. Uh, and, uh, and that's one way to kill Google, isn't it, in terms of the Android system? If Google sees it's more expensive than it's worth to have to offer this thing free, well, that's going to be a problem. They can just say, well, forget about it. We'll just offer search and apps. Well, they, they could do that. Uh, you know, they could always walk away. Android is an open source operating system, so uh, it, it probably wouldn't go away uh, officially. Um, uh, there would be, you know, there are other companies involved in, in continuing to develop it, but Google, you know, is, is instrumental in licensing it and licensing uh, core apps and core components that uh, uh, make the Android handset experience a, a lot more compelling, you know, in terms of uh, using Gmail and Google Maps and uh, a lot of the other uh, Google Voice and, you know, a lot of the other services tied in uh, to, to the company. Um, but uh, um, the... Uh, you know the the, the opportunity uh, for Google is that uh, you know it's it's Android is profitable today uh, despite the, the investment and and rate of upgrades uh, that they are continuing to uh, to pursue uh, and um, and that's being driven uh, a lot off the uh, off the ad revenue. Well, the other question I wonder about is. All right, it's Google's operating system running on someone else's hardware that's being the subject of these lawsuits. Doesn't Google feel they should get involved? Uh, well, you know, it's uh, uh, the the Android licensees would would likely um, uh, want to see indemnification uh, from from Google, where Google would step in and say, if you license Android uh, and you are sued for 
uh, intellectual property violation, then we will, you know, become party to the lawsuit. And if you are found guilty of infringement, then we will pay uh, whatever penalties there there will be. But you know, too bad. <laughs> you know, Google Google has not done that, uh, and uh, does not appear that that it will do that. Uh, one of one of the few uh, insights we've seen to how Google feels about uh, a lot of the uh, IP uh, litigation uh, was, uh, I believe, um, that. Uh, uh, you know, there, there was a question on one of the investors' calls about the Nortel patent portfolio, uh, and they said, you know, something to the effect that uh, it, w- it was too expensive. You know, and indeed, you saw the uh, the price that a consortium uh, of uh, you know very powerful companies got together uh, to pay for the rights to that patent portfolio. We'll get into more of that uh, in a moment and the implications. We have Ross Rubin of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Devon Think is a reliable information organizer, smart document manager, productivity tool, and more all in one. Devon Agent is your smart research assistant, personalized search assistant, search engine, and web browser all in one for the real answers when you search. Order these apps today. Use the coupon code TNO11, that's TNO11, for 15% off, all there at devontechnologies.com. That's devontechnologies.com. Is your church, school, or organization desperately looking for new fundraising ideas? Tired of the same old candles or candy, taking orders, inventory, and low profits? Well, here's great news. 10X Fundraising guarantees 10 times traditional profits with zero hassle. For an amazing free bonus, free shipping, and an extra 10% off, enter GCN when you go to 10xfundraising.com. That's the number 10, the letter X, fundraising.com. Or call 800-480-8797. Visit 10X Fundraising for 10 times the profit today. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. GCN listeners, why have you been hearing so much about Dermatol, the all-natural, all-purpose first aid spray? Because it's the must-have first aid product you need in your preparedness kit. Dermatol is made in America by Americans who know there's a more affordable, natural way to treat cuts, burns, bites, rashes, shingles, boils, and many other skin problems. Dermatol is gentle enough for diaper rash, powerful enough for bed sores, and harmless to the eyes and mouth. It's great for the whole family, even your family pets. Dermatol is antimicrobial, antifungal, anti 
antiviral and not diminished by freezing, extreme heat, or years in storage. Dermatol is an absolute must for any first aid or preparedness kit. Dermatol's soothing, rapid restoration of injured skin is so effective, it's guaranteed. Order yours today. Call 800-217-6677. 800-217-6677. That's 800-217-6677. Efficient. Economical. Effective. Spray it all with Dermatol. Question. Can functional magnetic resonance imaging be used to read our minds? Author Jose Calazo answers yes in his two new books, America's New Slavery. For more than 13 years, author Jose Calazo has been trying to prove that the U.S. government has the capacity to read a person's thoughts with a revolutionary technology known as fMRI, functional magnetic resonance imaging, and there is proof that it exists. America's New Slavery explores this technology and its many possible applications in national security. Who has access to it? How is it being used? Does America's salvation rest in this technology? These and many other questions are answered in America's New Slavery. The new books by Jose Calazo. Available on BN.com, Amazon.com, and Borders.com. America's New Slavery. All Americans should be concerned. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We're back with Ross Rubin of the NPD Group. You're in the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. We're focusing now on patents, the lawsuits against companies that have products with the Android OS, Google's posture. Okay, now, so it's kind of strange here. We have the Nortel patents, which are basically purchased by Apple, Microsoft, Research in Motion, some other companies. Sony, all, I believe. Sure. Now, the question is, how does this work? Do they all share in royalties that might be acquired from the licensing of those patents? You know, I, I believe it's it's just about mutual protection, you know, where they, they can fall back on this portfolio. It seems that very few of those companies uh, have aggressive, uh, you know, if, if any, except for Microsoft, uh, have been aggressive about going out and, you know, seeking to um, to stop companies that uh, they have found in infringing uh, on on those patents you know that that's uh, again I'm not an attorney but um, you know it seems that that uh, has been how the patent pool game has been played it's it's kind of like an arms race right you don't you know you're not building up uh, a weapons arsenal uh, necessarily because you you know plan on on bombing someone uh, bombing another country but uh, uh, you know you just you just want to use it as a deterrent in in most cases you want to bomb another company you want to bomb another guy. You just don't want another company to try to bomb you. Now, this is an interesting thing, too, here. If companies move away from Android because they're afraid of being sued or they're already paying a tax to Microsoft over certain patent portfolio rights, does Microsoft gain in the end on this? 
Well, you know, I think that's a really interesting question because in at least one of the cases, Microsoft suing Barnes & Noble uh, over the Nook Color, uh, which uses Android, you know, that's an interesting product because it's not a handset, you know, and it doesn't use the default Android user interface or the Android store or uh, Android market or, you know, really much, you know, there's no Google branding on it really at all. Uh, so... A Windows Phone 7, which would be an option, is an option uh, for HTC, Samsung, uh, etc., uh, would not really be a, a good option uh, for the Barnes and Noble Nook. You know, who who even knows if um, Microsoft would license uh, Barnes and Noble to use Windows Phone 7 for a product like the Nook? Because uh, at least up to this point, uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, Microsoft has licensed uh, Windows Phone 7 only for phones. Uh, and has said that you know all all other products, larger screen products such as tablets and PCs, uh, should are targets for for desktop you know in quotes desktop Windows. You know there's a case where Microsoft may not have really had a, a great offering for Barnes and Noble, uh, yet is 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 still suing uh, them over the Android pat patent infringement alleged patent infringement. Oh boy. <laughs> You know, so so what does Microsoft really gain from that? You know, sure. I mean, it, it's it's highly uh, unlikely that that Barnes and Noble would license desktop Windows for a product like the Nook. You know, I suppose it would just have to move on to some other embedded Linux. The other issue, of course, is that Microsoft obviously wants to tie in its desktop operating system with a mobile operating system with Windows 8? Well, I, I think part of that depends on how you define mobile. Certainly, we're, we're seeing clearly contrasting approaches to this tablet, you know, which is really setting the industry on fire, growing, growing very quickly, you know, Apple coming out in front uh, with with a lead with the iPad and uh, Google, you know, it's also interesting. You know, all, all of these companies, Google, Apple, and Microsoft, have two operating systems, and and they're using them in in different ways. So Google had opened the door to using its Chrome operating system uh, on on tablets, and then at its most recent developer conference said no. Chrome is only for laptop-like products, so it's you know their play for tablets is clearly Android. Apple's play for tablets is clearly iOS, and here comes Microsoft with a very different approach. You know, saying no, our you know embedded quote mobile operating system uh, is only going to be for phones, and you know at least for the time being. But we want you to license Windows 8 for tablets. We th we think the tablet is just another PC. You know, is essentially what they're saying, uh, and we're going to support this ARM processor, which uh, which is being used in a lot of the tablets, and you'll you'll see the performance uh, and that fluidity uh, in the user experience that will make it competitive with the iPad and uh, and the various Honeycomb tablets. All right, let's just look at the end game here. Does Microsoft think here that? With relatively flat PC sales, they could move somewhere, gain some traction? This tablet, you know, there's an open question at this point in terms of what its ultimate penetration will be. 
and how its future looks. Today, it is a secondary device. The iPad was in some ways Apple's answer to the netbook, and the netbook itself was a secondary computing device. And with the iPad, Apple, you know, from a price point perspective and from a functionality perspective, uh, was able to put more distance between the iPad and the Mac than uh, a lot of PC vendors were able to do with the netbook. And that being said, Tim Cook on um, Investor Calls has said, you know, they believe the iPad is cannibalizing the Mac uh, a little bit, but they're not too upset <laughs> not too upset about it. So, does the tablet continue to remain the secondary computing device, or you know, perhaps a bit closer to Microsoft's vision, the the tablet perhaps could serve as your primary computing device? You perhaps have a, a Bluetooth keyboard, or it can dock into a keyboard. We're seeing some interesting form factor experimentation from companies such as Acer and Asus, where you have these slide-up keyboards. Samsung has also done a Windows notebook that has that design. Uh, you know, over the next few years, uh, we're going to see a lot more blurring uh, between these form factors. And uh, the, the great thing about tablets is that they really open up new usage scenarios that were just not practical with a clamshell uh, device. You can put them on a, a magazine rack on an exercise bike. You know, you can you can put them on a piano stand and read music off them. You can kind of hold them in your hand one-handed uh, if you're if you're reading or you know giving a presentation or a speech. Uh, you can because they light up. You know, you can use them to read bedtime stories to kids. There's all, all these scenarios, and yet you know when it comes to kind of meat and potatoes productivity, the story isn't really great there yet. So Microsoft said is that you know they can deliver the best of both worlds and you're going to have a lot of user interface inconsistency in Windows 8 with different approaches and it'll kind of be up to the user to decide how they how they want to approach it. And you wonder in the end, can Microsoft find themselves here in a situation where they're confusing their customers, where Microsoft is trying to serve different masters, the person who used a tablet, the person who used a traditional desktop PC, and maybe they serve neither? <laughs> well, certainly the discrepancy between their tablet experience and their you know, traditional desktop mouse and keyboard experience uh, in Windows 8 uh, is more dramatic uh, than what we're seeing between, say, full-screen apps and, quote, traditional macOS apps uh, in Lion. Uh, but, you know, we've also seen Apple um, stretch its metaphor a bit as it tries to bring some reconciliation between Mac and iPad. Uh, if you look at something like the Mission Control feature in Lion, which sure. tries to you know reconcile all these things, there's there, there's a lot going on. on well, we'll have to explore <laughs> this in more detail in a few weeks and see where it's going, or a few months, or over time. Russ Rubin, where do we find more of the stuff you do? Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter um, at, uh, at Ross Rubin, R-O-S-S-R-U-B-I-N, and uh, I tend to post a lot about um, what I'm writing elsewhere, so it's a, it's a good way to keep up with me. Okay, reminder, folks, you can find us on Twitter, Tech Night Owl, Tech Night Owl at Twitter. Write us, news at technightowl.com. Check my daily commentaries at technightowl.com, and check out our other radio show, The Paracast at Paracast.com about UFOs, things that go bump in the night, maybe defining what Microsoft and Apple will be doing in the future. You never know. At Paracast.com. Special thank you 
Ross Rubin. Glad to have you aboard on the Tech Night Owl Live. My pleasure, Gina, as always. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.